Hello, and welcome to the Daily Catholic Catechism Podcast. My name is Dan, and it's a pleasure to have you here. Today is March 2nd, and we will be reading paragraphs 471 through 478 today. We begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ's soul and his human knowledge. Apollonarius of Laodicea asserted that in Christ the divine word had replaced the soul or spirit. Against this error, the Church confessed that the Eternal Son also assumed a rational human soul. This human soul that the Son of God assumed is endowed with a true human knowledge. As such, this knowledge could not in itself be unlimited. It was exercised in the historical conditions of his existence in space and time. This is why the Son of God could, when he became man, increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and man, and would even have to inquire for himself about what one in the human condition can learn only from experience. This corresponded to the reality of his voluntary emptying of himself, taking the form of a slave. But at the same time, this truly human knowledge of God's Son expressed the divine life of his person, the human nature of God's Son not by itself, but by its union with the Word, knew and showed forth in itself everything that pertains to God. Such is first of all the case with the intimate and immediate knowledge that the Son of God made man has of his Father. The Son in his human knowledge also showed the divine penetration he had into the secret thoughts of human hearts. By its union to the divine wisdom and the person of the Word incarnate, Christ enjoyed in his human knowledge the fullness of understanding of the eternal plans he had come to reveal. What he admitted to not knowing in this area, he elsewhere declared himself not sent to reveal. Christ's Human Will Similarly, at the Sixth Ecumenical Council, Constantinople III in 681, the Church confessed that Christ possesses two wills and two natural operations, divine and human. They are not opposed to each other, but cooperate in such a way that the Word made flesh, willed humanly in obedience to his Father, all that he had decided divinely with the Father and the Holy Spirit for our salvation. Christ's human will does not resist or oppose, but rather submits to his divine and almighty will. Christ's True Body since the Word became flesh and assuming a true humanity, Christ's body was finite. Therefore, the human face of Jesus can be portrayed. At the Seventh Ecumenical Council, Nicaea II and 787, the Church recognized its representation in holy images to be legitimate. At the same time, the Church has always acknowledged that in the body of Jesus we see our God made visible and so are caught up in love of the God we cannot see. The individual characteristics of Christ's body express the divine person of God's Son. He has made the features of his human body his own, to the point that they can be venerated when portrayed in a holy image. For the believer who venerates the icon is venerating it in it, the person of the one depicted. The Heart of the Incarnate Word Jesus knew and loved us each and all 
during his life, his agony, and his passion, and gave himself up for each one of us. The Son of God loved me and gave himself for me. He has loved us all with a human heart. For this reason, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, pierced by our sins and for our salvation, is quite rightly considered the chief sign and symbol of that love with which the Divine Redeemer continually loves the Eternal Father and all human beings, without exception. Thus ends our reading today of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. The website is dailycatholiccatechism.com, and you can email me at dailycatholiccatechism at gmail.com. God bless you all, and may these teachings handed down by the Apostles of Christ strengthen your faith and lead you to everlasting life. Amen.